Welcome to a special Selection Sunday, Selection Monday, March Madness 365 podcast. Uh, Before we get to our guests, I filled out my bracket on Facebook, but if you didn't watch it, I will do that for you right now. So let's go through it. I'm just going to, I'm not even going to hesitate here. I'm going to start in the South region and I'm just going to rattle these through. Okay. You can take this or leave it, but I'm going to give you my two cents. I've got Virginia beating UMBC, taking on Creighton, which would knock off K-State. Virginia advancing into the Sweet 16. Bottom part, Kentucky beating Davidson in what I think will end up being a late possession game. Taking on Arizona, which would be a great matchup in the second round between two teams that are playing some of their best basketball of the season. A game that I think a lot of people would think should be in the Elite Eight or Final Four, yet that could be a second round matchup out in Boise. I've got Arizona prevailing because of DeAndre Ayton. And then Virginia beating Arizona because of the defense and being able to lock down DeAndre Ayton. So then i got Virginia advancing to the Elite Eight. Bottom part of the South, these games will be played in Atlanta. I've got Loyola Chicago as my upset pick in the 11-6 over Miami. Tennessee beating Wright State. Then Tennessee knocking off Loyola. Texas taking out Nevada. Just they're too inconsistent right now. And then playing Cincinnati. Now, the Bearcats are hot. They're a two-seed winning the American. I've got them taking out Texas. And then a Tennessee-Cincinnati matchup. I like Cincinnati's defense holding the Vols in check. And then I've got Virginia versus Cincinnati in the Elite Eight in Atlanta with Virginia's defense prevailing in what should be a low-scoring game between Virginia and Cincinnati. i got Virginia going to its first Final Four under Tony Bennett. Let's go down to the West region. Xavier, the top seed, got to have them advancing all the way to the Sweet 16 before we discuss it further. Uh, I've got them playing Missouri, knocking off Florida State, and then beating Missouri. So that's how they get to the Sweet 16. Ohio State, South Dakota State, I think will be a very interesting game with the Jackrabbits, but I got the Buckeyes advancing to take on Gonzaga. Then I like the Zags uh, creeping closer to potential return to the Final Four. A Xavier-Gonzaga matchup. But I'm going to lean with the Musketeers. More experience than the Zags this season. And I've got Xavier advancing to the Elite Eight. That game will be played in Los Angeles if it happens. Bottom part of the West Bracket. Houston over San Diego State. They're hot right now. Taking on Michigan, which will knock off Montana. Then i got Michigan knocking off Houston. Uh, I love the Wolverines and everything they did in the Big Ten. Providence taking out AM in a very physical game, taking on North Carolina. Okay, the Tar Heels playing very well up until the final few minutes against Virginia. Got North Carolina beating Providence. Then I got a Michigan North Carolina matchup where I think the Wolverines are one of the hottest teams in the country right now, even though they haven't played in a week. And I love their bench production. They're defending well. I've got Michigan avenging that ACC Big Ten challenge loss, beating the Tar Heels taking on Xavier in the Elite Eight in L.A., but denying Xavier yet again a chance to go to the Final Four. I got Michigan advancing to the Final Four where they would take on Virginia in the national semifinals in San Antonio. So hold it right there. Let's go to the East. I have Villanova winning their game and advancing into the second round where they would play Alabama and Colin Sexton beating Virginia Tech. Villanova advancing there. Their defense experienced too much for the Tide. West Virginia in a gritty game against Murray State. I've got them advancing. Taking on Wichita State, 
which would be a dream second-round matchup. And then I went back and forth on this. I've got West Virginia knocking off Wichita State. Villanova-West Virginia, old Big East game. i got Villanova advancing. I've got the Bonnies beating UCLA and then knocking off Florida because I love that backcourt of Jalen Adams and Matt Mobley. Uh, Texas Tech beats Stephen F. Austin, and then Texas Tech outlasts the Bonnies into the Sweet 16. Arkansas beating Butler. Purdue beating Fullerton, and then Purdue knocking off Arkansas for a Purdue-Texas Tech game, which I think will be a grinder. Purdue advancing to take on Villanova in Boston in the East region. Same floor where Villanova won against Pitt in the Elite Eight many moons ago to get to the Final Four, and I have Villanova doing the same, getting to the Final Four by beating Purdue. Down to the Midwest. Got Kansas knocking off Penn in a great 116 game. Seton all over NC State in a very even 8-9, as it should be. Then Kansas advancing. Clemson, New Mexico State, this is where it gets interesting. I got the Aggies upsetting Clemson. Auburn, College of Charleston, Auburn advancing. But then I got the Aggies going to the Sweet 16. I love this team. Rangy, long, athletic. That's my double-digit seed that gets through. But then Kansas knocks them out in the Elite Eight. I got TCU taking on Arizona State. The three comes back for the Sun Devils. They knock off Syracuse in the first four. And ASU taking down TCU. So ASU returns to the way they played early in the season. Then I've got them taking on Michigan State, which will knock off Bucknell. But then Michigan State cancels out ASU's run. They get to the Sweet 16 in a matchup against Duke after Duke beats Iona and knocks off Rhode Island, which takes out Oklahoma. Not believing in the Sooners right now. So you got Michigan State-Duke. Oh, what a great matchup that would be. Rematch from the Champions Classic. Uh, I've got Michigan State advancing here. So Michigan State taking on Kansas in the Elite Eight in Omaha. And Michigan State, a team that's still got a high ceiling, advancing to the Final Four. Villanova, Michigan State. Virginia, Michigan. I hemmed and hawed on all these games. I got Michigan knocking off Virginia because John Beeline can figure this out, even though both coaches are tremendous. I got Villanova knocking off Michigan State. I got a Michigan-Villanova final, and I could go either way. Okay? Either way. And I got Villanova winning the national championship. Follow it if you will. Take my advice. You don't have to. But that's what I got. All right, when we come back, I will be joined by Alabama's Avery Johnson. Coming up here on March Madness 365. And now joining me here on March Madness 365, Alabama head coach Avery Johnson. As the Tide are in the NCAA tournament. Uh, they will take on Virginia Tech in arguably, you know, one of the more intriguing 8-9 matchups in the bracket. That game will be in Pittsburgh. So, Avery, when you saw your matchup and your seed, what was your first reaction? Well, my first reaction was, you know, our players have, and staff have put in a lot of hard work uh, this season. And the guys that have been here with me from day one, uh, this is what we dreamed about and a position of being in the NCAA tournament in, in year three. So it's just a reflection of all of the hard work so many people put in this year. And, and also with us, uh, Andy, challenging ourselves with our non-conference schedule and with how tough the SEC was this year. You know, there were points this season where, because of injuries, that, you know, you kind of wondered, was this going to happen? And you didn't know if it was going to end up where you guys could be in this position what changed? Well, you're right. You know, a lot of injuries. Uh, you know, Riley Norris goes out with a hip injury, a guy that we were counting on to provide, you know, veteran leadership for us. And, you know, he was going to be our senior on our team. And um, But I just think for us, we just persevered. 
guys started playing together and and uh, doing our stretch where we weren't playing well. We just weren't moving the ball enough. We definitely weren't rebounding. Uh, but here at the end, um, a lot of the things that we talked about when we first got together uh, in the off season of you know ball security and taking and making our wide open shots with confidence and uh, just playing together and it just came together for us in St. Louis, especially in those first two games. You know, Colin Sexton has had a phenomenal freshman year. Uh, I go back to the five-on-three game that I witnessed in Brooklyn. Uh, you had the right three on the floor, the right guy on the floor. He scores 40, and you guys get within, I think, think one possession of Minnesota after being down double figures. How would you describe his freshman season? It's been, it's been incredible because, uh, you know, he's a kid that plays with a chip on his shoulder, a great competitor, and, you know, the, the tension that is, his game has brought not only to himself but to Alabama basketball. Uh, you know, the three-on-five game where we almost won it and all of our quadrant one wins and, you know, wins against top 25 teams. And obviously, you know, it's all about team, but you got to have individuals that can make plays for you. So he's just done a lot, not only, uh, you know, to help us win games, but, but also just to bring more of an awareness to our program, especially with future recruits. Uh, what's the status of Hall? Uh, he's day-to-day right now. Um, we'll see, you know, over the next 24, 48 hours if we can get him on the court for practice. But right now, he's not cleared for anything right now. He's still day-to-day. And without him on in the lineup, how does that change things? Well, it showed against Kentucky. <laughs> you know, Winning Gabriel hadn't had a big game like uh, like that against us uh, because Dante Hall is one of the guys that that defends him and defends him well. But uh, when he's not in, you know, a guy can make seven threes on you and give give him credit for doing so. But, uh, you know, Dante is an all-SEC defensive player and, um, you know, he shoots a high percentage on the floor, runs the court for us, gives us a lot of versatility because he can play the five and the four position and sometimes switch on point guard. So we, we sorely missed him and it showed in our last game. This is year three, if I'm not mistaken, and you guys have made the right progression. You got the right guys. How do you assess sort of where this program's at after you, from when you took it over? Yeah, and the main thing was we didn't give our fan base or the administration any unrealistic expectations. You know, when I looked at that first team, um, when we had our first off-season practice, I was like, whoa, I don't know if we can win 10 games. But uh, we, you know, guys worked hard. Retino Bassan had an outstanding year for us and basically was a one-man wrecking crew and and um, and then the second year, you know, we took a little bit of another step forward. And, you know, the first year we, we um, you know, won a game in the conference tournament. We won two games last year, won two this year. But, but the main thing is, you know, our body of work was just so much better. And we did it with the 40 youngest team in the country. Um, so not a lot of experience. And I think that contributed to a lot of our ups and downs. But, um uh, you know, it's all about playing at the, you know, playing, getting hot at the right time, and we feel we're a team that still has another level to go to. You know, Avery, uh, sometimes when NBA guys, for lack of a better term, come down to the college ranks, you know, it's been a while since they've been in college basketball, not quite sure what to expect. As you look back on these three years, now that you're going to be in the NCAA tournament on the greatest stage, uh, how has this worked out for you? Oh, it's been tremendous, Andy. I mean, it's... Uh, it's, I've, I've coached in the NBA Finals and been in the playoffs uh, as a player and a coach. Um, so it's, it's tremendous. And, you, you know, I, I participated in the NCAA tournament 
31 years ago for the first time as a point guard at Southern University, and we made the tournament in 87 and 88. So it's an incredible feeling. Uh, I'm happy for our team. I'm happy for our staff and all of our parents of our uh, student-athletes. I'm just thrilled for everybody. So we know it's going to be a tough journey for us because we're playing against an outstanding, well-coached team in Virginia Tech, and uh, we just got to be ready to play. I know you've never doubted your abilities, but because it was something a little bit different, a little bit new, uh, what are any challenges that you had to go through that maybe you didn't expect that, that you've sort of gotten through, that you've learned something about yourself during this process? The main thing is just patience because the kids are young and, you know, they're coming in from high school and and a lot of them just haven't been held accountable and, and asked to take ownership in, in their behavior and you have more responsibility and, you know, you just so you just got to be patient. On the court, things just might not come together as quickly as you want them to. Um, but the main thing is uh, it's just been very gratifying. Uh, I'm glad I decided to do it. Um, uh, there's no turning back or second guessing myself for doing it, even when we've had some hard times and and we've had some, but we're enjoying it. And these kids give me a lot of energy. This campus gives me a lot of energy, and I'm just I'm just glad to be a part of it. And I wanted to come here because I because I wanted a new challenge, and uh, we've accepted it. The, the highs and lows of it, the joy and pain of it. And because a lot of time my, our team is looking at me on how I respond, especially uh, with success and failure. Well, Avery, I greatly appreciate it. I'm so thrilled that you got in and uh, with a chance to really advance. So uh, good luck against Virginia Tech, and hopefully we'll talk to you later in the month. Okay. Thanks a lot, Andy. And coming up next here on March Madness 365, Syracuse head coach Jim Beheim. And now joining me here on March Madness 365, Syracuse Hall of Fame head coach Jim Bayheim. And coach, I don't want to pat myself on the back, but I'm one of the few people that had you in the field. Uh, I know they mentioned on the selection show that you were the last team in. Uh, I didn't think you were that far down the list, but still, uh, what's your reaction to getting in and advancing to the first four in Dayton? I'm really happy to be in after last year. You know, the, the disappointment you feel when you're so close last year and then don't get in and then when you do get in it's uh it's a great feeling i was as the names were revealed i thought we were a little better than a couple teams that got in so i was worried that we weren't going to get in when notre dame and louisville weren't picked uh then i thought we had a chance i thought our strength of schedule was the best it's been in a long time our rpi was high and uh we won a couple road games last year we won at home but we didn't win on the road so beating Miami and Louisville on the road, I think that's what got us into the tournament. Uh, and, and it was a close call. I was looking at some of the teams that are out. There's six probably an unusually large number of teams that could make a great case to be in this tournament. Usually it's two or three. This year I think it's six or eight. And I can't open say anything, but I, I'm always tempted. Uh, I wish we could just take a few more teams because you look at Oklahoma State or Louisville or you know I mean you can there's a few teams you can say could probably do something in this tournament if they were in it 
You know, what I think is really interesting, and, and it can work in your favor, it can work not in your favor, and I look at, like, Nebraska out of the Big Ten. They won 13 games, but they didn't get Michigan State, Purdue, or Michigan, excuse me, Michigan State, Purdue, or Ohio State at home. They were all on the road, so their unbalanced schedule hurt them. You know, you guys had, I thought, arguably the toughest schedule in the ACC in terms of who you had to play twice, where your single games were, and, you know, it could have worked against you if you didn't play it well, but I thought in this case, playing those kind of quality games helped you. What did you think of that scheduling in the ACC? Well, you know, I, I really thought the, the win at Miami and Louisville gave us a chance. Uh, we were close on a couple wins at home. If we'd have won the North Carolina-North Carolina State game, we'd have gotten in easily, but we lost in the last play. But certainly, uh, you know, we lost six games to one and two seeds in the tournament. <laughs> you know, Virginia, uh, two to Virginia, one to Kansas, and two to North Carolina, one to Duke. You know, those six games against the top, uh, you know, six, six teams in the country. So those are, you know, we, we won 20 games and only lost uh, seven of the rest. So, we had opportunities. Uh, we played hard. We played everybody tough all year. We were only out of about two games the whole year. I think that's another thing you sometimes don't see. I think some teams get in and they end up losing about five or six games by 15 or 20 points. I think that's you know something that we avoided. But certainly uh, only having seven guys that were healthy this year, and one of those guys was hurt most of the year and played on a bad leg. So... I'm very proud of what this team has accomplished. And if if we'd have been in the NIT, I still would have been proud of what this team has done. They've they've really done a lot. Uh, I thought last year we had much better talent, especially offensively. But we just got off to a horrendous start last year and then got going too late. All right, so let's look at your matchup against Arizona State and Dayton. This is an ASU team that was one of the best in the country prior to New Year's where they beat Kansas on the road. They knocked off Xavier in Las Vegas, and then when they got into the league, the shooting wasn't not was not as uh, effective. Uh, they were relying a little bit too much on the three, and you know they basically were inconsistent in the Pac-12. They get in late, uh, and now it's going to be an interesting matchup to see how you guys handle their when they're on their prolific offense. What do you think? Well, their offense is tremendous, and you know you always figure when you play a team like this in a tournament, they'll be on. You know, you never, you never think, oh, they're going to be off. They'll probably be on. So we're going to have to play well offensively because you know they're going to score some points. They've got very good offensive players. You know, at one stage they were in the top five in the country this year, and you know that's the team you have to prepare for—a very, very good basketball team. And but at the end of the day, you know, when you play, if you're not in the tournament, you can't win any games. If you're in the tournament, no matter where you are you have a chance to win a game, and that's that's what we're happy for. Jim, overall, because you always have a great pulse on the sport every season, you pay attention to everything, there isn't a dominant team. There's a lot of good teams, obviously, you know, in your league especially with Virginia, Carolina, Duke, they've had their moments. How wide open is this race for the title? I think it's more wide open than it's been in a long time. I mean, North Carolina last year was very strong, and I think other years, Villanova and North Carolina were strong here before. I think everybody's much closer. It's amazing the parity in college basketball. Uh, somebody went out on TV and called it mediocrity. I don't, I don't agree with that. I think it's parity. I think there's a lot of really good teams. 
I, I watched, I happened to watch the Ivy League a lot this year because, of course, my son's in it. And, I mean, Penn and Harvard, uh, they can beat somebody in this tournament. They're really good teams. But, you know, we played Buffalo. We were, we barely squeezed by Buffalo. Ten years ago, if we played a team from that league, we'd win by 15 or 20 points. It's different in college basketball. I mean, we played Toledo. We played Buffalo. We barely uh, got out of the gym against them. Uh, we played Texas Southern. It was a very close game. You know, we played three teams in the non-conference that nobody thinks about. They're all in the NCAA tournament, <laughs> you know, with Texas Southern and uh, Iona and uh, in Buffalo. And then you still got, you know, we still played Oakland and Eastern Michigan and things like that. That's why we got in the tournament. Our non-schedule, non-conference schedule was very difficult, and we were fortunate to get through it at 11-2. and two. And lastly, Jim, Virginia. They're the number one overall seed. They won the ACC regular season title. They won the ACC tournament. They're defending as well as any Tony Bennett team, maybe you know, in a long time in terms of a team in general. And they're better offensively. Uh, what's your overall impression of their ability to continue this run and potentially win the whole thing? I think they're better prepared and equipped to do it because their offense is better than it's been. I think their defense is just as good, not maybe not better than it's been, but it's good. They don't forget they had some really good defensive teams. I think their offense is better. That's the thing that that is going to get them there. But when you look at them and you look at, at any team at the top, you know that they're beatable. You've seen it during the year. You know that they can can be beat, and uh, it's just college basketball. Uh, we're going to have a crazy tournament. I think at the end of the day, there'll be four teams in the Final Four that are pretty pretty good teams. Uh, I, I think there'll be teams that are at the top, but it'll be very difficult to pick those four teams right now. Jim Beheim, the Hall of Fame coach from Syracuse in the field, uh, as I predict. Uh, good luck against Arizona State in Dayton. I appreciate you joining me. Thank you. Thanks, Andy. And that'll wrap up this edition of March Madness 365. Thanks for listening. As always, go to March Madness on all our social media platforms to get our podcast as well as downloading it on iTunes. Remember, during the month of March, we are uh, on Mondays. That's when we're recording to make sure that you get your podcast to set you up for the rest of the week. Thanks for listening. Thanks for listening.